Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, you know exactly what to do. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Leave a comment if you have a question. Make sure to give us a five-star review on Spotify. Give us a five-star review and say some really really nice things about me over on apple podcast but more importantly today my incredible guest i have jason franklin he's the co-founder of sportique jason how you doing today man what's up michael thanks for having me pleasure is all mine very excited to talk to you about design about scotty pippen about the bulls about sports in general about just doing what you love to do but jason the first question i have for everybody on the for the love of sports podcast is why do you love sports so much Oh, man. Well, I started out as a a kid growing up in Chicago, and my formidable years, there was a uh, young man out of North Carolina, uh, you might have heard of him, 6'6", that uh, was a rookie for the Chicago Bulls by the name of Michael Jordan. And I was very fortunate. My dad uh, got like the last two season tickets at the old Chicago Stadium. And we started going to the Bulls games. And anybody who watched Michael, it was just like one of those, did you see that? Did you see that? It was every game. There was some more fantastic move than the next. And he was really a one-man show there in the beginning. But um, that's that really got my love going uh, of sports. I mean, I loved sports before that, but then really watching, you know, I loved all things Chicago sports of so the Bulls and the Bears and the Cubs and I, uh, the Blackhawks. I loved going to all the games, but really it was the love of the Bulls that got me to another level of sports fandom, if you will. Yeah, it's pretty easy, especially as a young kid. I mean, like, like the NBA is like the easiest league to do that with too, right? It's, it's more star-driven. So to be in Chicago, to have season tickets – to see and start witnessing the greatest basketball player of all time right in front of you in your hometown for your favorite team, I can see that being a real easy transition into loving everything sports, loving everything Chicago Bulls. Then the opportunity does not come. Um, I mean, that's are you for the so- story's sake? Is it the last two tickets uh, that were available, or is it actually legitimately like- the last two two season tickets ever available in the stadium? <laughs> the la- so my dad, you know, I went to a, a school where I, w- I was very fortunate. There was a lot of kids that their families had a lot of means and could have season tickets for all of the sports. And I came home and I was like, I think I was crying. I was like, you know, Louie has tickets to the Cubs and the Bears and we don't have any tickets. We never get to go to the games. And why can't I get to go to the games? So my dad went to the old he was an attorney and drove to the old Chicago Stadium to the ticket window. I mean, this is really before online and phone. You know, you pick up, you pick up the, you go on the website, whatever. He goes, drives to the Chicago Stadium to the ticket office, and still t- he'll still tell the story of the day. He's like, my son came home crying last night. I, I you know, I know, you know, this is, might sound crazy, but is there any is there any season tickets left? I know this is Michael Jordan's rookie year, and now there's this bit, this huge spike in demand. The guy's like, "Hey, man, I feel for you. I got a young son at home too. I have two tickets in the first balcony in the third row. Take them or leave them, because I guarantee I will not have them tomorrow." <laughs> 
And my dad's like, I'll take him. What? You know, please, I'll take him. So sure enough, he, he uh, got, got the ticket. So I, as the story goes, yes, those were like literally at that time the official like last two season tickets that were available um, for the old Chicago Stadium. That is awesome. What are the chances, right? The world works in mysterious ways. I always love to hear stories like that. Well, yeah, as we get continue on with the story, it's very, it was definitely probably one of the things that got me started in my journey for where I'm at today, for sure. I was going to say, we have another uh, Chicago Bulls story coming up here in a couple minutes, but I do want to talk to you about, I mean, your company, obviously, is Sportique, so we're going to get into that, the design, everything that you do personally, but uh, I, uh, my notes here say 12-year-old prodigy. Is, am I cool to use that, or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool, you know, cool, I've, cool. I've heard all sorts of different words. Prodigy, I've heard before too. So that's Perfect. cool. I mean, I, so I'm I'm very very fortunate. Um, I was I know I'm have a very rare circumstance where at a very very young age it just clicked of what I wanted to do. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to be tall enough to be a professional basketball player. I think you know I'm, I'm six feet tall right now, which is not bad, but. You know, at that age, I was like four nine, and um, and I, I just knew I wasn't going to grind. My jump shot was okay, but let's be honest, I wasn't going to the NBA. But I had this love um, for sports clothes, and I couldn't find anything. And I had this crazy head of hair, which I, I'll spare you from taking my hat off right now. That I couldn't find a hat, and you know, I started going to these these Bulls games and I couldn't find a hat that I wanted to wear there was nothing cool at all there wasn't even like there was no t-shirt that I really wanted there's no sweatshirt I wanted it was like a jersey this not well fit sweatshirt and t-shirt and a foam finger and a program that was pretty much the, the shop and I go every day every every game hoping to find something else but couldn't find it and my great grandmother was a clothing designer, and my grandmother was a clothing designer, and she had a knit shop in downtown Chicago. I spent my Sundays sitting on her lap, um, just looking at fabrics, looking at different patterns that she was knitting. And but my quest in the beginning was I wanted a cool Chicago Bulls hat, and I was just like, all right, well, I, I don't see anything, so whatever, I'm just gonna start drawing them. I don't know why. I was just like, I'm just gonna start drawing hats with you know cool sports logos that I would want to wear and my uh, sister was babysitting for the neighbors one night she got sick um, my mom sends me over there and I walk over there and there's hats all through the house sports hats all through the house and I'm like this is like the coolest house ever this is like the Willy Wonka of hats so I go I, I the parents come home and I'm like what do you do he's like I own a baseball cap company and we make hats for all the major sports leagues i'm like what and do you mind if i run home and show you some of the hats i designed he's like yeah sure whatever kid yeah sure know. sure thing kid sure okay. can, can yeah. i i just yeah. i want to go to bed <laughs> yeah exactly like i just got home from dinner whatever but sure go ahead run home you know show me what you got so i run home out of breath just you know sprawl this pieces of paper on his floor he's like okay he starts looking and grabbing ones and he's like oh a couple of these are actually pretty cool. Do you mind if I, you know, maybe make them? I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And so some time passes and, you know, three, four months pass and he's got hat 
uh, he comes, you know, stops over at the house after school, after he's getting home from work. He's like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? He's like, I'm going to tweak a couple of the, uh, you know, some of the fabrics and these aren't right, but, you know, do you like some of the designs? And I'm like, wow, yeah, this, this is what I envisioned in my brain. This is incredible. Um, and then, sure enough, fast forward, he's like, hey, some of these I think we're actually going to be able to sell at some professional sports teams. You know, we're maybe going to maybe start selling some of these at, at, at some of the major sports uh, retailers. And I'm like, wow, this is this is really cool. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, I go to, with some friends to go see Poetic Justice um, at the age of 13. And within the first f couple frames of the movie, it's Tupac wearing the first hat I ever drew. And I'm like, ah. Like, that is, okay. I mean. That's insane at 30, right? I'm 31 years old, just turned 30, uh, 31 a couple of days ago. Like, at 13, you, you can't possibly, like, your, your brain can't possibly really process that fully, right? Like, as, as you're saying it, you have to realize, like, how unbelievably absurd that story is and how unbelievably cool it is. But at 13, you're probably yeah. just like, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I want to make hats when I grow up. Like, that is mind-blowing. <laughs> like, how do you, what, at 13, yeah. are you just like... That's cool. I, I want to keep doing this. Like this sounds great. Like how how do you even process that? <laughs> yeah, there's no social media at the time. Exactly. So it wasn't like, oh, let me let me let me take a selfie of this at the movie theater. You know, yeah, exactly. Tweet, tweet. You know, tweet, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Um, so yeah, it just was. Uh, it, it was just like the ah moment, so the aha moment. Like okay, you know, the the lights, you know, shine down on me and said, you know this is what you're supposed to do. And uh, I was just like, okay, yeah, like this, this, I found my calling. Um, and it really went from there. And um, I worked, ended up working for that company. And, and, and one of the fun things was, is, is um, as much as I love to draw, actually I love to meet with the prospective clients to talk to them about the hats that they should have in their stores or team shops. And so actually selling was then a big part of my, uh, repertoire as well and here I am as like 14, 15, 16 year old kid that's getting called out of school that's going to talk to the CEO of Foot Locker and it's like these are the hats you should have in your store sir uh, in all of your stores across the world. It's like okay yeah you're a 15 year old kid and my target market is a 15 year old kid this is brilliant yes I'm definitely going to buy these hats or I'm the New York Yankees and yes I'm definitely going to buy these hats because we're trying to sell hats to 15 and 16 and 17 year old kids so um, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm very, very, very fortunate that I found my calling at a, at a very young age. I know that is not normal. Uh, my parents helped me remember that that's not normal. And the rest of the story is not normal, and I, I, I get that too. So I'm very, very um, grateful. I was going to say grateful is probably a good word to use there because it sounds uh, awesome. Like it just sounds so cool that you have this opportunity. <laughs> at 14, you're, you're meeting with like, the CEO of Foot Locker to talk about what sats they should have in their store. That's just like absolutely insane. I mean, again, like it's got to be hard to process. It's hard for me to process thinking of myself stepping in front of the CEO of Foot Locker, but like the naivete that you have at 14, it's just like, I think this hat looks cool. <laughs> like it's just, a, it's like so easy. It's so like, yeah, that makes sense. Like you don't have to think about all the bullshit that goes along with it. It's just, I'm 14. I made this. I think it looks cool. And other 14 year olds probably think it looks cool too. So why don't you sell it? to other 14 year olds like oh this is mind-blowing shit right like how cool is that um i guess like yeah but what do you got anything good and that and then that and that's what it i mean that's so like you got to remember like the rest of the companies that were coming in there they had you know their their sales guys or 
you know, VPs or whatever, like 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and here's some walks in some, you know, 14, 15 year old kid. So right out of the gate, these people are like, what is going on here in this meeting? But we love it. So uh, they were very receptive uh, and very kind. And a lot of those people, you know, through the years have, have still stayed, you know, in contact with and uh, friends with, and they've, you know, become fans of sports. Sportique when I went and started my own thing uh, 16 years ago. With with something like that happening, is there, again, like, maybe it's you were just so naive it didn't matter. Was there, like, massive amounts of pressure on you? I mean, like, worst case scenario, it's just a cool thing to put on your resume when you were 14, right? But, like, were you, like, oh, my God. Like, were you worried about talking to these people or were they just, like, dudes that were going to buy some hats? Like, yeah, there there was there was no pressure at all. That was I think that was the beautiful thing. It's not you know, like uh, I'm I'm fourteen fifty. It's, it's not like I have kids at home. A mortgage, uh, you know. Yeah, a mortgage, a car payment. You know, I did have a car payment later on, but um, you know, there was there was there was no like if they wanted to buy it, great. They didn't want it, buy. It, yeah, maybe that'll hurt my feelings because it's something I, I I felt strongly about that it was something I drew and you know, thought they should have in the store, but there wasn't really pressure at all. I mean, there's, there's nothing in it. That's, I think that, that relaxed sort of presentation, you know, in addition to being such a young kid walking in there really you know, gave me sort of the leg up in, um, in those meetings. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's just the shock and awe also. They were just so confused <laughs> and be like, is this a joke? Uh, Ashton Kutcher right. punked might have been big back then, right? Like, are we? What are we doing here? And then all of a sudden, you're laying yeah. out this. I don't know. Did they have slide decks in like the early '90s? I don't think so. Whatever your presentation yeah, was, yeah. it probably looked kick ass. They're probably like, you drew this, paper. kid. Yeah, yeah. you drew yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, yes, sir, I did. Oh wow, I'm sure you had that yeah. conversation a hundred times. And then they bought the yeah. hats. Like that's it's it's that simple and easy. I guess where does like you said you didn't find anything cool. So now I look at hats. And they're pretty much all like, like I feel like I, they were cool when I started caring about hats. How boring were the hats prior? And what exactly were you doing in terms of design that was making it that much more interesting? Because you only can draw a Yankees logo so many different ways, right? Right. So yeah. So that was the thing. It was like I think that was, you know, the where a lot of companies just stop. It's like how how hey let's just crazy idea let's throw a navy hat and put the yankees logo on it we'll call it a day hey we have a business hooray but um it was like well wait a minute you know that was sort of i think one of the things that i learned very early on is there's this fashion world happening and there's this fan world happening and understanding what was happening in the fashion world in regards to colors and fits and fabrics and translating that in a way that the, the fans would understand. And I think really having just a, an innate sense of what not only was trending at the time, but was what was going to be trending. Um, and then bringing that to the hats uh, was really, and, and then it was um, the confidence, like once these clients started having my product in on their floor and it was selling, then it was like, okay, there was this trust level that it was like, this kid has the pulse of what is not only happening now, but is what is going to be happening. And, you know, still to this day, I think that's one of the, you know, Sportique's, uh, you know, what we really stand on is, is we really have that special sauce of what's happening in understanding what's happening in the fan world 
but also understanding what's happening in the fashion world and bring, bridging that gap um, in a way that the fans, whether you're a fan of a sports team, a music band, um, a brewery, whatever, that that fan's going to understand and want to buy. That is awesome. That is, that is a great way of putting it, too. I think it's really important for people to understand, as you said. And we're going to get to Sportique a little bit um, because we do have another story that I want to get to as well. Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, did you make a bunch of money at 14? <laughs> I think that was the problem. It was like my dad's an attorney. And, like, I mean, as honestly, I mean, as close as I was to the, the family that I was working for, I wasn't part of the family. And... Uh. Um, I think like that was one of the things like my I sort of hit a glass ceiling at a very young age of my entrepreneurial desires, and um, I I dreamt of something bigger. So um, yeah, I mean, the joke was, ah, you're not 16, you get paid in Twizzlers and candy bars and you know, baseball cards and more hats. But I should have probably gotten paid a little bit more, but uh, yeah. I didn't. But it ended up being a blessing in disguise because. I'm sitting here today talking to you about Sportique. Oh, look at you, man. This is the this is the peak, man. I'm sorry to tell you right now, but being on this podcast is actually the peak for you. So I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, no, yeah, it sounds like you. You know, if they were putting you in uh, um, conversations with the CEO of Foot Locker on how to sell more hats, I really think you probably should have got paid more money. But again, we're grateful for everything that happened <laughs> because again, it got you to right here, and I'm sure you're much more happy now with what's going on than if you got paid a couple extra bucks in the early '90s when you were 14. When hey. A Pokemon card pack with seven bucks, man. It really didn't matter that much, right? It really didn't matter that much. Thousand so. percent agree. Yes, good stuff, man. So there's another. So I maybe mean, we got one more extra Ken Griffey rookie junior card. So you know, there's that. But you know, whatever. Can you sell that? Uh, they probably those were probably <laughs> mass produced, so you really couldn't even do too much with those back then either, right? Right. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. All right. Still pretty cool though. I have an Ichiro yeah. rookie card. Yeah. It's worth like 20 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It's We're going to go off a whole other tangent on sports <laughs> trading, which is a whole card trading, which is a happening have, thing right now, but I have a, a different podcast. I was going to say, I'll, I'll have you back on if you want to talk about that stuff. I'm all ears when it comes to that, too. But um, no, I want to talk. Cool. There's another story. So or, I guess around yeah. this time, you then also become the Chicago Bulls ball boy. And you beat out, I don't remember, yeah. again, shout out to Marlon for setting up this interview. He had some yeah. absurd number. It was like 35000 or whatever. Yeah. Again, I don't know if that's just inflation for the story. Makes it sound a little bit more enticing. Right. But uh, it sounds like you became right. a Chicago Bulls ball boy. Now, we don't got to get yeah. too, too deep into it. But I guess, sure. did, did it help that you were selling hats to the Foot Locker uh, you know, CEO? Was that included in the uh, resume, if I may? Definitely. So, um, you know, to take a step back, I mean, you know, once I, I started doing working for the hat company, I was just like, okay, this is cool. Like, I'm following my passion. What else can I do if I have the confidence to walk in and talk to anybody about hats? Like, um, I'm going to these Bulls games. Like, who are these kids on the floor and they're rebounding and they're right next to the Bulls? And that looks like a pretty fun job to do, too. So, yeah, my, I happened to grow up in Deerfield, Illinois, which was the uh, hometown of the Chicago Bulls practice facility. And school lets out at 3.30 and ran home, got my bike, and rode the, my bike over to the Bulls practice facility and rang the doorbell. I was like, hi, uh, my name's Jason and I'd like to be a ball boy. They're like, how old are you? And Okay, and well, let's talk about this. And it's the middle of the season and... I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 14 and a half. I'll be, you know, 15 and a half for starting next season. And they're like, okay, well, you know, fill this out and, you know, we, and come back to us. And a thousand kids apply. Five kids got interviewed. Two kids got a job. 
And I got a job, and I think I really believe, to answer your question, one of the reasons why I got the job is because they had confidence that I was not going to be starstruck, if you will, when I walked into the locker room and was dealing with you know, anybody on the Chicago Bulls, who at that time was, let's face it, the Beatles, um, you know, Michael and Scotty, and, um, and then um, anybody in the opposing locker room, I wasn't going to like freak out because here I'm, you know, I've gotten on a plane and gone to New York and talked to people, you know, talk to this executive or that executive. So going to meet Michael, yes, very cool, but I wasn't going to like freak out and not be able to do my job. So mm-hmm. I got the job um, as a pretty much 16 year old, 15 and a half and was 16 by pretty much the season starting. And yeah, that was sort of my second job, if you will, uh, in high school. I either was going to the hat company after school or I was, you know, quickly changing in the bathroom at the high school and putting on my ball boy jersey and getting a ride from my parents right after school going down to the United Center um, to start the ball boy job. That is, uh, did you, did you miss high school? Like, did you like hang out with your friends at all? No. Totally missed it, but yeah. I mean, I, I I never went to a dance. I never went to like any. You didn't go to prom. Like, I never went to prom. Never yeah. went to homecoming. But we, you know, I, maybe we did a little. Maybe I did something else that was pretty cool too that night. But uh, with some of my friends at the time, and that probably, you know, maybe was as a different prom, if you will. But uh, I didn't go to the official high school prom, if you will. But that's okay. Um, but yeah, that, that was, um, a definitely different experience and that, you know, there was a, there was a, a, I was going to school, uh, at the high school, but the real, the best education to be completely honest that I got was the education that I was getting hanging out with the bulls. Um, because the stuff I was learning and they, I was very fortunate. They started treating me like a little brother and they started taking me out after the games. I just, you know, go to they're like, Hey, we're going to go have dinner. Or we're going to go to this place or, you know, go there here after the game tonight. You want to come? I'm like, yes. And it might be Wednesday night and I might not be getting home till two or three in the morning, but thank goodness my parents realized that there was this other school that I was going to get this education that, very few people could get and how valuable that would be for me in my professional career later on in life and i hung out with those guys and and with i mean and michael jordan a second education yes yeah. a, a second education a, a very different second education but as you a said masters <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely at 16 will, nonetheless yeah. um like, yeah. knowing that michael jordan like i mean he's like a billionaire now right now he's like this incredible right. investor and he's a he's an absolute businessman. um how much of that did you, I guess, be, were you able to pick up on at a young age? Maybe, maybe Michael, maybe Scotty, anybody else on the team, you know, the coaches, whomever. Like, how much were you able to pick up on that and actually start learning at that young of age? And I guess, like, I mean, obviously they've learned as time went on, but was there anything that you were able to pick up on during those dinners, during those times hanging out that you were like, that's pretty interesting. I should probably file that away somewhere. Yeah, you know, I think, and I, I bring this up to the Sportique team all the time, is the the biggest takeaway that i got from the bulls at that time during the second three championships was the drive and if you want to be the best the best and win championship after championship after championship you need to want it more than anyone else and that showed up in you know 
those guys getting there. You know, I got there at like four o'clock. They were there right then. I mean, they were putting in two hours of workouts before the game. You had a guy like Dennis Rodman who would play almost 48 minutes in the game and then do a full, like, crazy weight workout for an hour after the game. And, like, these guys just wanted it more than anyone else. And I knew, and that was my big, like, aha moment with these guys was, yeah, sure, we had a lot of fun. We got to do a lot of fun things outside of the court and, and you know, we could sh- share those stories another day. But um, what I got from them was... Uh, the drive and if and so I knew that whatever I wanted to do which I had a pretty good inclination of what I wanted to do at the time like I need to work harder than anyone else I think that's I want it more than anyone else that it's so it's so cool that you're able to pick up on that at at such a young age right like again you could have been starstruck you could have been just like well these guys work hard but also you know they're just extremely talented and that's probably why they're winning and you were kind of in that boat, right? It sounds like you were pretty damn talented at 14, 15, 16 with what you're capable of. But, you know, you have to put in the work. Work will, I don't really totally believe in the quote, work will beat talent every day. But at the same time, you have to understand if you are that talented, why are you wasting it? Put in that much work, put in that much effort, and you will become the best if you are that talented. So it's cool that it kind of almost juxtaposed what you had in your life a little bit where, yeah, these guys were incredible, but they also put in more work than anybody else. Clearly, again, same thing with you, Jason. You're absolutely incredible, but you also put in more work than anyone else, and that's what's been able to kind of push you further and further, which I think is really cool. Um, so kudos and congratulations on uh, picking up on that, man. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. Buddy, pleasure is all mine. There's a really cute story of, of Scotty Pippen driving yeah. you to your first date, but yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't want to, yeah. like, take up all our time on, like, cute little stories. I want to talk more about your business. So I'm sure some sure. – it's on a it's on another podcast somewhere, right? I'm sure. So it's somewhere, yeah. You yeah. can read it in an article or podcast or something like that. Yeah, there it's very go. nice and yeah. What a good guy. Let's uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So yeah, check that out somewhere. Yes. I'm sure it's pretty damn cool. But yeah, Sportique, I want to talk about this some more, man. It's your business. Let's it's your baby. It's everything you've been working for. Yeah. It's again this drive that you've uh, you've been mm-hmm. you've been putting in to get to this point. And I'm sure you're not even at any point yet, right? You're still on that first mile. You're yeah. still trying to probably to get. How long's marathon? Twenty six point two. So I guess where yeah. you know, as you were saying before. You're grateful that you weren't paid, you know, proper wages. I'm going to use the word proper wages. You say whatever you'd like uh, at the previous job because it has led you to here. Where was that time? Where was that ceiling that you hit that you were like, you know what? Like, I can do more. I can be better. I can have more if I do this on my own because I believe I could do. I, I believe I could do it. Where? When did that happen? And when were you able to finally strike that iron and, and really create this business? Well. Um it happened to be at a pretty early age, I guess, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 44. The company's been in business now for 17 years, so you can do the math. I mean, I started this, I mean, at a pretty young, young age, and um, I realized pretty early on in my early 20s that in order to, uh, that I had a, a bigger sort of appetite for more things outside of headwear. I had a bigger appetite for more things outside of sports. I wanted to run a business, to lead a business. Um, I wanted to sort of be able to control the culture, control the narrative, uh, run a brand the way I saw fit. And um, that's I was like, okay, in order to do all of those things, um, I need to go start my own thing. So, um, I, in, in all of my travels, I was just like, 
I always was so I always loved talking to people about their passions, and I'm passionate about sports and music and food, um, and but like talking to other people, they were passionate about cars and fixing houses and beer and you know maybe we had some overlapping interests of food, music, sports, but um, I just liked hearing their stories, and I was just like, where are these people going? to buy what apparel that's they're a fan of like because they're they're going they're you know sure i wanted to sell sports product at sports arenas i wanted to go sell product at music venues that i love that i went to at a very early age like the grand old opry uh you know i love playing nintendo and super mario brothers growing up so i had to have some product at nintendo world in new york city at rockefeller plaza but like i wanted to put product wherever fans were going and I think that was the big thing at Sportique was yes you know the NBA and 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 fortunately a small band out of Charlottesville Virginia the Dave Matthews band were sort of the first two brands uh you might have heard of them uh, that gave us a, yeah <laughs> that gave us a start but we really felt there was an opportunity to revolutionize an industry the fan fashion industry because there was really at that time there was really nobody felt that could really that was really understanding what was going on in the fashion world and bringing it to a way that the fan world could understand it and then also being able to fill the what i would call hot market needs of what was going on in the industry and so i was just like there is this huge void in the marketplace that we could go revolutionizer evolutionizer whatever you want to call it so we started sportique your first two clients were the nba and dave matthews band yes how i mean the nba makes sense because you had some connections (laughs) i'm assuming somewhere along the way uh dave matthews band i don't know where that but like again this story is just so unique in that sense like everybody else's first client is like their mom's friend who's like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sure. We, we'd love for you to help. Like, right. of course. Like, not knowing what the hell right. she's getting into, right? But your first two yeah. clients were the NBA and Dave Matthews Band. Again, let's take a step back because that is just, yeah. that's absurd. Again, I, I don't mean to use that word in a yeah. negative context because I only like positivity no. here. And I'm saying yeah. that in the most, wow, that is incredible way. Like, How are you closing Dave on, hey, you have a cool logo. <laughs> how can I put it on more stuff? Yeah, I mean, so I became a fan of the Dave Matthews Band in the early 90s in high school. And I was going to say, most of us became fans of the Dave Matthews Band in high school. So, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Okay. Yeah, so I just started listening to them. And you know, I, I'm a big believer in manifesting um, and just putting things out there um, because if you believe it, you can achieve it. And when I was going to these concerts, I just started talking to people and they're like, oh man, I mean, the show was in Chicago and these fans I was talking to were in Milwaukee the night before and Indiana the night before that and going to Ohio the next night and buying merch at all the, you know, at, at all the different nights. And I'm just like, wow, this is an incredibly passionate fan base. I need to figure it out. I need, I need to just go, I need to go to knock on some doors and uh, somehow got introduced through a, an old friend of mine. Uh, she happened to be friends uh, with one of the members of the band, and we got a chance to meet up at, before their show in Chicago. And we just got to talking one night, and he just heard my story and was just like, "Wow!" He's like, "You know, um, I believe in what you're doing, 
and he's like, so tell you what, because you know, I, I'm, I'd like to make an introduction to our management team, and uh, can you get down to Charlottesville, Virginia? I said, yeah, I'm on, I'm on a plane, you know, let, let's do this, and so went down there, and just we had about eight samples at the time, and it was it was literally like the same time we had just gone to the NBA offices in New York City to go tell them, hey, we've got this, you know, give them the vision of Sportique, uh, and we went and gave that same vision to Dave Matthews Ben said, you have a very passionate fan base that is under that wants a more sort of fit fabric and feel that's more elevated than what they're getting right now. They want more boutique department store fashion. And you're not offering that. And they'd be willing to pay more for it if you had the, the right product. And they said, uh, we're selling $25 t-shirts and $15 hats and $40 hoodies. Are you telling me that we can sell a $40 t-shirt and a $65 hoodie and a $30 hat? You're telling me, us that we can do that and sell just as much, if not more? I'm like, yes, I can, I can tell you unequivocally that you're but going to But for the quality. You can't just take the yeah. same stuff they had and just mark oh, it up. No. Like, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, with these samples that I'm showing you in in this meeting, like you've got to try this. I said, okay, all right, kid. We know you're friends with, you know, one of the guys, and you know, we'll give this a shot. And you know that that opened the door. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the product sells, and that was one of the beautiful things about our business model is the other players in the industry, whether it's sports or music or, um, and, and really in the sports world, was like they would they would make a product, they would get it there hopefully for the start of the season if the product sold out you were screwed you they were screwed because they were like okay well we got to make this in china and it's going to take another 120 days and oh the season's lost it will we'll maybe get you some stuff for next season so better luck you order more next year it's like no that's that's not the way the world people are going to go to a game they're going to go to a sporting event they're going to fly to a city to do whatever they want to buy the product right then right now and our business model was a little different. We just said, we're going to design and manufacture all of the product blank, bring that to our facility in Phoenix, and then embellish everything there. So awesome. You sold out uh, at your and the first five shows of this T-shirt? Great. You're in Charlottesville. Or you're in Charlotte, North Carolina on Tuesday? Well, guess what? We'll have more product waiting for you on Friday. Does that work for you for your next tour stuff? They're like, are you kidding me? We're going to get this quality, this sort of boutique department store fashion product, and we're going to get it, like, for the next tour date? Like, yes. And for the teams, we're like, wait a minute. Like, so we sell out of this, like, the first month of the season. You're going to get us more product for for the holiday season? Yes, we're going to do that. And that was, like, the big, like, big moment for us, and that's what really sort of catapulted us to gain market share was that sort of, you know, the, obviously the fit, the fabric, the feel, and some of our signature now still to this day, some of our top selling styles, the Olsen hoodie, the Comfy Tee. But that speed to market was the other thing that really was one of the revolutionized uh, evolution of, of, of the industry. That is awesome. And, and it's so cool that, it, like, again, you're, you're just a kid and you figured, that, well, you were 20-something at the time. I was trying to do the math before. I want to say 27, 28. Yeah. But still, like to, to, yeah. to, to be able to figure that out in an industry that's, I mean, how long have T-shirts been around for, right? Like, yeah. like l- much years. longer than 28, <laughs> the 28 years you've been on planet Earth, right? And it, it took someone right, like yeah. yourself that has the design capabilities but also the, the business intelligence to say, hey, I mean, why don't we 
do this in a way that allows our customers to get more of what they want to allow their customers to get everything that they want when they want it because that's the way of the world. That's how it works. And now it's only even increased, right? Now it's more like, hey, I ordered this on Amazon. It said it was going to be here yesterday. Now I'm pissed off. It's like, well, do you actually need it? It's like, no, it's a toilet bowl brush. Like, I just want it, right? Like, it's just one of those things that we expect everything now. And the fact that you were able to deliver on that, you know, 17 years ago, like that's kudos and congratulations on that, man. Good good shit. Thank you. That is yeah. awesome. And, and we just started going at, at, you know, to wherever fans were going. So you know, I was just like, huh, the DMB tour is doing really well. I, as a very young kid, went to Nashville, Tennessee, and had uh, the, one of the most incredible musical experiences that I ever uh, witnessed, still to this day, was at the Grand Old Opry. And I went to them and I said, you have people flying from all over the world to come to your venue and gave them the same um, story about that they needed more elevated product. I'm like, think about how much these people are paying for flights, hotels, food, all the stuff to get here. They want a nicer product. They want to have something that they, let's be honest, a lot of the people coming to pick Opry or you name a a team or whatever, they might be coming from all over the world and might only go to that place once. Mm -hmm. They might only get a slice of Joe's Pizza New York City, one time, but they want to have something that they can take away with that memory that reminds them of that special moment they had forever. And it has to be a quality garment. And so we were very fortunate that you know when we started going to some of these other clients, whether it was Mercedes-Benz, Home Depot, uh, uh, Kona Brewing Company in Hawaii, that they got it. Like, yes, we get it. People are going to come here and they want, they're spending a lot of money to get here and they want to have a higher quality garment um, that fits right, that is the right fabric that they could have in their closet and be their favorite piece forever and ever and ever. And it's now it's been one person telling another person, and really wherever fan moment you go to, uh, in whatever city that you're in, you're going to see Sportique product. That is awesome. And, yeah, I mean, do the math. As you said, if you're, you're flying to wherever for this one potential as i love how you put it right potentially they're going to come here one time you don't think they're willing to spend an extra 15 dollars on a t-shirt for something that's actually nice and not just like oh yeah like i went there i needed to buy us i need you like you need to buy a souvenir when you go to some of these places like i would much rather buy something that's a little bit nicer significantly nicer it sounds like actually and be able to wear it and not just kind of have one of those like screen printed on like kind of sticks to your chest type t-shirts, right? Like I'm willing to pay the extra $15 for that. If I'm flying across the world to get something, pretty easy math, man. Yeah. If you're a brand, like how do you know like, that you're selling an elevated car, Mercedes-Benz, Jeep, whatever it is? Like, wait a minute, people are going to spend all this money on a car, but you don't think they want a nicer hoodie? Like, you know, come on. Like you, you want to have... you. If this product's going to have your brand name on it, you have to have a quality piece. If they bring it home and it falls apart after one wash, what's that saying about your brand? Exactly. So, you know, and, 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 and the aha moment is day in and day out, and you name a vertical, we could go to Las Vegas. The Wynn Hotel was one of those clients that got it right away. They're like, how much are people coming to spend to stay here? Oh, wait a minute. Like, we should probably have some pretty nice product in our in our shops. And so, you know, you, whether it's the Win or Cosmo or Caesars or the World Series of Poker, whatever it is, they now have Sportique product that they're selling with their brand name on it. And even we have clients that aren't even selling product, but they want to give something. I mean, how you've been to how countless events, right? Like, how many events have you been to where you got something? You're like, sweet, I just got the swag bag when I walked out, and 
I'm going to wash my car with this or it's going to stamp like, you know, I had an accident in the house and it spilled oil in a car or whatever. I'm just wiping it up because I'm never going to wear this shirt or sweatshirt. So now companies are even getting smarter. They're like, what's our ROI if we buy some cheap piece of crap that our fans or potential fans of the brand um, are are never going to wear? We want people to be walking billboards. So it's like we now are just... If you are a fan, if you have a product that you want to be have fans of, you're coming to Sportique to make your custom apparel. That's beautiful. That's a good pitch. I'll, I'll clip that out in case you want to use that um, to, to send to like <laughs> oh, Apple thanks. or anybody else. But no, man, I know we only have a couple more minutes here, but I, I think brand yeah. affinity is something that's extremely real. It's extremely important and you have to take it for serious right like you have to as a brand right now you have to show and not just your products but the the products that have your brand name on them need to be of utmost quality especially if your brand is about being of utmost quality right like you can't skimp on any of that stuff because someone wants to wear that t-shirt but if it's a shitty t-shirt they're not gonna wear it and as you said you want your fans to be walking billboards because community loyalty affinity all these things are so extremely important in business these days not that they haven't been before but now with the online you know people on twitter just just the worst place on planet earth with people on instagram like everywhere there's an opportunity to get your brand and it's essentially just free visibility and that's just as saying like that person is more connected to your brand because they're willing to wear it right that means they're probably going to continue to buy your product but then also the people that see them wearing it. it's like oh they can ask a question they can they can bring something up they can have that conversation and it just it makes too much sense Jason it makes too much sense for more brands not to be using sporty I'll Thank clip you. that part we, too and we send feel it to the you, same so way in case, Michael in case you need more testimony <laughs> appreciate right. it of course man. Um, last appreciate thing that. I do want Thank to talk you. about I'm sure we can continue to yeah. talk all day because I'm having an absolute blast sure. I hope you're having a good time too but. 40 right. minutes, man. Yeah, it went too. so quick. Isn't that crazy? It has such a great conversation. It I went know. so fast. Um, I want to talk about your giving back initiatives because I think that's extremely yeah. important. And again, talking about brand affinity, talking about loyalty, talking about community, allowing others to partake in something that you are very uh, passionate about. I want to make sure that we get that out there. So talk to me a little bit about some of the giving back um, initiatives that you guys have, including you know 1% of every order, uh, concerts. I saw the Smashing Pumpkin. Like, There's just so much stuff that you guys have been able to do, especially over the last couple of years. At least that's what I've yeah. been able to Google search and see. Um, I guess, tell me yeah. about some of these things, why it's so important to you and, and some of the impact that you guys have been able to have. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of brands like, oh, we give back, we give back, we give back. You know, but like, if our whole thing, is, our tagline is Roman comfort. And if we can't uh, talk it and walk it, then what are we doing? And I, just to go back, I I'll, I'll, there were a lot of cool things that happened in my childhood, but there's a couple of things that... Um, were, were, were pretty difficult. I came had a, a, some difficult situations in my home uh, growing up, and I was not in some comfortable situations. And growing up, I realized that there was a lot of other kids uh, you know, dealing with some uncomfortable situations as well that really had no way to get out. And I think that was one of the big things when we started Sportique that we really wanted to um, have the, a couple things. One is we wanted to um, be this beam of, of light to show kids that uh, and, and young people that um, you too um, can get out of the situation that you're in. And um, you know, the, and so that was one of the things that we wanted to do. Whether it was a kid dealing with a, a you know, 
maybe a physical situation at home, or maybe it was a, a, somebody dealing, a, a kid dealing with uh, an, a very terminal illness or some sort of illness or sickness, or maybe it was a, a whole family dealing with the situation. We wanted to figure out a way uh, to give back in some capacity um, to a lot of different initiatives, but mostly around helping kids in need. And there's a lot of incredible organizations across the country. We wanted to start in Phoenix, and Umam was one that you know helps family in, in, out of Arizona, uh, that helps families get out of a, usually mothers and kids get out of a very difficult situation at home and provide them a place to stay. Um, and then just had some incredible friendships uh, through growing Sportique. One was with Greg Olson, who. Uh, you know, soon to be Hall of Famer, tight end, now commentary for Fox, and we became fast friends at the very early stages of uh, Sportique, and uh, one of his children, TJ, was born with half a heart, and he just you know, went into this whole thing of, like, there are so many kids dealing with this and families that don't have the means that we have, and we've got to figure out ways to help them, so you know, we jumped uh, you know, headfirst into helping uh, Greg build awareness and, and money around his Have a Heart or Receptions for Research Foundation. Um, and then, you know, going back and uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, who's a friend of mine, uh, wanted to help raise funds uh, around, um, you know, helping really sick kids with cancer in New York and when he was playing for the Rangers. So we went and, uh, you know, did a lot of initiatives around some of the children's hospitals around New York City and helping raise funds and awareness uh, and taking some of our sales to help with that. And then, you know, one of the most recent things is Highland Park, uh, Illinois. And I grew up in Deerfield, the, the neighboring town, and just, was just sick like most of the other people around the world when they heard what happened on July 4th, on the 4th of July parade. And uh, talking to a lot of cousins and 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 best friends and aunts and uncles who were there and who were running with their kids uh, and their kids' kids uh, to safety and then you know um, hearing about some of the kids uh, one of you know, the few children that are not going to have parents who's both parents passed or one's paralyzed now and so just like how how could we not help a city like Highland Park who helped me become the person that I am today. So uh, we created the Highland Park T-shirt um, on our website, and you know, 100% of the proceeds uh, go to uh, the Highland Park Foundation, uh, which is all the money's going to help those the children, the families that were affected by the Fourth of July shooting, um, and then Beam Impact. So we, we love the the Beam Impact on our website, where you're allowed to pick. There's between three different foundations, and 1% of all sales on Sportique.com. Uh, go to uh, three different foundations that you get to choose from. So um, it is and will always be something that, that is near and dear to us. And it's, you know, I know a lot of companies because it's on trend or helping out that we help or, you know, that's, that's you know, we, we really mean it. Um, and, and as you can see by some of the initiatives that we do, that's, we, we really stand behind, um, you know, helping kids in need. That's amazing, man. Very, very much appreciated. Um, you know, obviously, I can say thank you. you know, it only means so much, but uh, obviously, we can also say thank you with our wallets, right? Yeah, it's just a better way. If you're going to buy a nice T-shirt, you know that there's going to a company that's actually wants to do something. You know that it's going to a company that's actually putting their money where their mouth is. Uh, and it sounds like again, I love the way that you said it before. Like a town like Harlem Park made you who you are. Uh, you would not be the person you are 
without what they were able to help you become. So it makes absolutely zero sense to not help in some way, shape, or form because you wouldn't even be here uh, potentially without them. So I think that that's pretty awesome. So uh, kudos and congratulations again. Love to see it. Love to hear it. Love to actually, you know, it's, it's nice to say something right, but the actual act of doing it, I think, is most important. So, uh, Jason, this has been absolutely incredible. I uh, sincerely appreciate the time. I didn't think it was going to take this long, but, hey, I had such a good time. We're butting right up against the time. So tell us, where can we find more about the company? Where can we find more about you? Where can we buy some of the clothes? Talk to me. Give me, uh, give me all the stuff. I'll put yeah. everything in the links for everybody. Uh, links in the show notes for everybody. Appreciate that. Best place to go is Sportique.com, and that's uh, Sportique without a U, as we were talking about before we jumped on. But yeah, and uh, you know, if you want to have the most comfortable apparel and like some just elevated basics that you're not going to want to take off, that you can uh, wear every day, dress up, dress down. Um, it start the starter kit. If I were if if I were to go on there right now, go buy an Olsen hoodie and a comfy tee. And come see me in a week after you get it. You're never going to take it off. You probably need to buy two because you're, you know, if you live with a significant other, they're going to steal it. Uh, inevitably, it, you're, it's the most stolen product out of your closet, I guarantee. Um, so, you know, go to sportique.com. That's the best place to find it. And then we're in every, if you go look for that red woven label, uh, and I'm going to, oh, can't, there it is. Got it, got it, got so, it. So, see that? If you see when you go to an NBA arena or NHL arena um, throughout the United States and Canada, look for that red woven label and Sportique in the back neck. And that's the product you need to buy because it is the most comfortable product uh, in the store, guaranteed. And you're never going to want to take it off. Just wash it every once in a while. Do your friends and family a favor. Um, And, yeah, that's 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 where I would go to start and, and you're going to start seeing it wherever you roam. As we like to say, uh, look for the red, uh, Buffalo and, and Sportique is with you. So, um, thanks for checking us out. No, dude. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on. Sounds like I got a really easy Christmas present for my wife. Um, so that way she doesn't have to steal anything. I can just buy her one. Um, so sincerely, sincerely appreciate it, Jason. Uh, time's the only thing we don't get more of and we're literally at time right now. So I really appreciate you for giving me some of yours. I appreciate the audience for listening to your story and letting me have conversations with you. I appreciate them for that. But other than that, man, this has been absolutely fantastic. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Be well, man. Thank you. Be well. Be good. Take care.